I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, a music podcast where we chat to a new guest each week, talk about their life and creative endeavours, and talk to them about some of the music they love. Our show works by chatting to our guests about music, their songwriting technique, and occasionally getting them to make you a playlist of the songs they love. Welcome to episode 126. I'm your host, Simon Fink. Our guests today are Wanderers. The soul and rock band from South Australia have just released their third EP today, entitled Wanderers. In today's episode, we're speaking with frontman Dusty Lee about playing South by Southwest, the evolution of the band's sound, and the songwriting technique of Silk Sonic. Here we go. Our guests today are a two-piece band from Adelaide, South Australia. They effortlessly blend together soul, pop and rock, and today are releasing their self-titled third EP. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Dusty Lee from Wanderers. Good morning. Good morning to you. How are we this morning? We're good. I feel good. We work, uh, well, I woke up and um, uh, got the cutler. It's released a, you know, congratulations messages, which is nice. Um, and yeah, and then I, I made a coffee. And then I, now I'm talking to you. It's good. It's a good morning so far. <laughs> Can't complain. It, um <laughs> In terms of how mornings can go, that's yeah, that's not too bad. Um, it is, as you mentioned, yeah, it's like a, it's like a seven, I think. Yeah, I think it's like a seven. <laughs> Seven's good. Seven. I'll gladly take a seven over the last few years. Um, it is release day for yourselves. The self-titled Wanderers EP is out today. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Yeah, it is. It's been a long time coming. Yeah, I was going to say, this is the first, there's, there's been singles, but this is the first kind of body of work from Wanderers since I think 2017. Yeah, right. yeah, that seems like a little bit too long ago, I think. Uh, we, we were intending to release this record, so what is it now? It's 2022. We were actually intending to release this record in 2020, and, uh, and there was some weird thing that happened to the world where it completely shut itself. <laughs> um, so it kind of prevented all of that, but um, it was, and, and it was going to be an album, and uh, we were going to record it in Los Angeles, so everything. So, but the the process of things changing, and then us, us being able to execute like a new plan. There's like a there's like a little while there where you're just trying to like where you're just hanging on to the old plan, and you're you're just waiting to see how things go. So there was a lot of like just delays in. You know, we had to eventually go. Okay, like actually, that's just actually just not going to happen. We just if we want to be able to get this music out and move on to the next um, body of work, then we need to do it ourselves here and and you know, kind of go back to the drawing board. But yeah, there was a little bit of time in between us making that decision and kind of still hanging on to the ideas that we already had of, of how it was going to go. So yeah, that's uh, that's been the last couple of years. Of course, there was, yeah, there was a, um, 
and and not to bring it up, I know you mentioned it, there was a period in time where it looked like uh, Wanderers were going to record in LA. I think at, um, is it Studio 606? Or it's, <clears throat> yeah, that's the one, yeah. Actually, they've just, um, that's, Foo Fighters are about to release a movie called Studio 606. I don't know, uh, six, uh, 666. I don't know if you've seen the trailer for that one, but. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, Irrelevant, but just funny because um, that's their studio six oh six. But yeah, when we were over there, um, uh, we were over there right before, so uh, October two thousand nineteen, and we uh, we did a bit of a tour over there and um, played in New York and did some cool things. Went back to LA and then we went to their studio and yeah. That, so this label was wanting us to make an album there, and we made plans to do that in twenty twenty. Um, yeah, so that's what this is. Uh, this ended up, we ended up, instead of, um, we still want to make an album over there, be it at that studio or wherever we'll end up, um, you know, or even, just, I mean, I guess now it's just kind of anything, but uh, we definitely want to go and record somewhere else and we want to have an experience and, and just really be in it. Um, whether we're still hanging on to the 606 thing or not, I'm not sure. We'll see, we'll see how it all goes, but hopefully, because it was bloody incredible, that studio, um, it was pretty mind blowing to be there. So, um, yeah. Anyway, that was the plan, and yeah, <laughs> it was COVID really, <laughs> really snagged us there. <laughs> I can, um, yeah, I can imagine that's not the most ideal. Obviously, a pandemic is not really an ideal situation for anyone, but yeah. I can imagine that when you've got um, plans like that as well, that that's kind of a little bit more. Um, I want to say heartbreaking. I don't want to dwell on it too much. Yeah. We will move on, but I, well, yeah, you, I can you, imagine you, it's upsetting. You can take it a little personally, you know, and I, I had to keep reminding myself that it's like, oh, the whole world, <laughs> the whole world's going through this, you know, uh, you know, I could, and so I, yeah, it's not, everyone's got their, their story like this to some extent. I mean, it might not, it might not be specifically what ours is, but everyone had that trip planned or that studying that they wanted to do abroad or that, uh, I know that move that they wanted to make or whatever that was inhibited by lack of finances as a result of COVID and all sorts of things. So yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. Definitely kicking the guts. It was a little while where it was, I guess we're still going, okay, we just keep pushing the date back. And then you just keep looking at the news and it's like, it's not getting better. And then, and then it would, and then there's a new variant. And so and by the time we, I think the moment we did actually decide uh, and realize that it's just not going to happen and we just have to, you know, do it ourselves in the way that we have done previously, which is fine too. And we love our studios here and we love our friends and we love all the people that we work with here. So, but it just took a little while to recalibrate, I guess, yeah. to kind of get your head out of the clouds and go back to what's practical. And, um, and so, yeah, I actually had to just like, just like not even listen to like, I just had to stop for about, I don't know, three months, maybe, um, you know, not, not, not getting back to emails, not even thinking about the band, not listening to the songs, not really writing. <clears throat> so I had about three months off. Uh, from even thinking about any of it. And then we then we got back to the drawing board and then we go, okay, what, what have we got here? What can we do and what can we finish and how do we invigorate it? And that was a fun process because we like pull out these songs again, some of which had become, they had become demos for what we were going to do in America. So we originally started recording an album here and then that stuff happened over there. So the album we'd been recording here became demos for what we we're going to do there. So then trying to get back in your head, trying to pull these up and make them like undemo them, you know, it was like, Oh, well now they're not demos again. They, they can be the record again. But to do that, you got to kind of, you know, I don't, didn't want them to be cursed with that, that demo feeling. So we retracked a lot. We went back to the studio a few times and, and I reimagined a few of the songs and changed. Yeah. Lots of uh, arrangement changes and 
just making sounds better and different different approaches. And so it was fun to go back to these songs and kind of give them a new life as a result of COVID, actually, we, in, in a way, yeah. That, I was going to touch on that, whether the songs kind of... Because um, I imagine if you're going overseas, you're recording there, you've got, you know, your best and brightest songs, you've got like the pack of, of what you think is what is the best representation of the band at that time. And, yeah, I was curious whether the songs that made it onto the EP now are the same songs that were going over or whether there was like a bit of a change or a mix, but um, it sounds like it kind of, that a good portion of them still made it across. Yeah. I mean, there was, there's probably some that didn't make it also um, just because we still had that thing of this being a more temporary process. Like we've still got the dream of doing the big record over there. So rather than doing a full length, with the way that we were doing it here during the pandemic, we decided to make it an EP. So we just kind of chose the six most relevant ones. And there were the six that we, sorry, the five that we have been playing already, you know, touring around Australia a lot. Um, and, and then two of them that we wrote uh, when we were over in the States. So it's a, it's kind of a collective that makes sense uh, within the time frame of before COVID to sort of, you know, mid COVID around that time, it's this five song collection that kind of, sums up where we're at and then i think which is good because it kind of gives us a bit of a fresh start for when we do make the album i want the album to be like a whole new body of work that's kind of uh away from the the curse of this time and you know or or it's kind of about you know maybe it's part of the process of the whole thing i'm not sure but i think i've, I've got it in my head that it's more like okay no this is this is album time like let's let's uh yeah instead of ha- still having residual songs left over from perhaps a previous life of the band you know like a previous incarnation or era so that's good i kind of feel i feel good about that we get this body of work out and it kind of feels like we're kind of um i don't want to say retiring but i guess it's not even i don't know what the best analogy would be or best metaphor but you know putting these songs out um in a way where we can kind of dust them off and go, that's done. You know, these are songs that we, some of these are songs we've been kicking around for a while. So it's nice to do that. And I'm really excited about new stuff as well. So, yeah. Of course. I am. Um, I feel that as we kind of were touching on um, just before we started recording, is that, you know, it's release day, but to, to a number of people, these songs are brand new today, but for yourselves, you have been living with them for years. So it is that kind of almost like a, a release of like putting it out into the ether and then being able to, yeah, it's kind of like your focus almost. Yeah, like being able to move on a bit. I mean, obviously, we'll still play the songs live and we'll still, we'll still love them, but you can't. I think like being excited about a song does have like a time limit to some extent. Like when you're creating it, you, at some point, you just want to, you know, push the go button and, and, and be done with the creation part of a song, I guess. That's, yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. The creation yeah. part, you know, like no more overdubs, no more mixing tweaks. Like you've done the song and people can hear it now. And that means you can actually like let go of that whole process and free yourself up for, for the next thing. So this is, I, I guess, probably therapeutic, you know, being, being release date. I'll probably start writing as soon as we finish 100%. this <laughs> podcast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's good. <laughs> Uh, that's very exciting. It's exciting to hear that the, the writing's already begun on the, on the next thing. Um, I know that touring is kind of back on the cards for you guys as well, along with an Australian tour, which we'll get to in a second. Some very exciting kind of news is that you guys are going over back to the States for South by Southwest, which is a huge opportunity. 
Yeah, I've, I, I know a lot of people who have gone and done it, and um, um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely like it's a huge opportunity, and it's definitely something like where I guess the gravity of the opportunity is is up to the artist, you know, in, ter- in terms of how much you can harness what's going on here. I'm, I'm sure there's people that go over to South by and end up playing like three crappy gigs in the corner of some place. And, and, you know, perhaps they don't know how to conjure up the right opportunities and that might be. So, yeah, I mean, it is, it's kind of, it's a great opportunity if you can really harness it and, and work it out. And I reckon we've got a really great team uh, both over there and here uh, with our manager, Sian and, and um, I mean, we'd probably if we were just going over there and left to our own devices as just five dudes, we'd probably be a shit show. But it's nice. <laughs> I feel I feel very confident that we're going to have some um, that we're going to be able to go. I'm just excited that we're going to actually be able to go over and put on a put on a show because, and that was my main thing is that I want to get in front of them. I mean, when we went over there last time, it was very much like tour is the three piece. A lot of the shows that we did were um, like sort of so far sounds gigs. If you've heard of them, like the, these unplugged sort of things, a lot of people do them when they tour and you get in front of a lot of people and it's great, but um, they're very much those inconspicuous shows that you do. And then we did one showcase in New York um, and it was the whole point was for this big showcase gig, but still it was like the trio and it's hard and the band's so keyboard heavy and it's like a guitar trio and we don't play with backing tracks or anything like that. So it's kind of like, it's a different version. So I'm really happy to be taking over the full thing Um if COVID permits, but uh, I'm, I don't hold my breath for it until we're there on the ground. I'm not holding my breath to be honest, but it's been a real test in resilience these last couple of years. But yeah, so I think I do, I've, I've, I feel like we've got a bit of power in being able to actually do what we do once, once we've got the full band on stage. So that's what I'm most excited about. Now. So I don't mind if the venues are tiny and tucked away or if, if we manage to get some, score some big ones, we're kind of prepared for whatever. And we still don't actually know how, uh, our, what our itinerary is for the festival. So we'll see how we go, you know, but I think, I think it'll be a slightly scaled down version of South by Southwest, which could be, I mean, it could even be a good thing. You know, I'm not sure if there'll be as many Australian bands over there this year. Um, Cause it'll be just hard to do logistically. And um, yeah, it could mean um, more eyes and less bands. I'm not sure. hundred percent. I think there's an element of, COVID that people and I think even the, the bookers of South by have reduced numbers a little bit, but I still think that the attendance records are still similar to what they were previously. People are always looking to find that new next thing or you yeah. know, whatever it may be. And this is Austin. It's just, uh, um, uh, we, did, I did, we didn't get to go there last time. So I'm really excited to, to check out Austin, hopefully go back to LA as well on the way <laughs> back. Um, but yeah, no, definitely pretty, pretty excited about that one. And it's cool. I like, I like after, after the last trip, I've got this real kind of um, head in the clouds idea of America, just because, you know, if you, you go there for a month and you might not know what's going to happen, like you can't pre-plan too much. And if you kind of lock into the flow of what's going on, at least that's what happened for me and for us in LA was it was just all this kind of crazy, weird, serendipitous stuff seemed to be occurring the whole time. And, um, so if uh, Austin's anything like that, just uh, even uh, half as magical, <laughs> just for, it's good. It just feels good. It feels like you can just go and just do your thing and people will resonate with it. And that's, that's really empowering because I guess sometimes here it can, you know, we've been doing this for and touring here for, for like six years or something now. And 
you can have moments where it feels like you're really connecting and there are moments where it feels like you're really just trying to find someone who, who gives a shit. And so it's kind of not knocking Australia. We love it. Where we're from, but, um, you know, it's definitely a battle out here sometimes, especially for what we do, you know, uh, our sort of genre. I think 100%. it's, 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 um, one of those things I find that Australia and, uh, South Australia specifically, I know both of us are based in, in Adelaide, um, that, the arts is appreciated, but supported is kind of like another thing, another step. Um, and I feel that over there in Austin, in Nashville, which I want to touch on in a sec, uh, as well. Um, like they, they really do like musician is like a top career over there. Like (laughs) what might be an accountant here in Australia or whatever is musician is like a high ranking kind of a respected um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really seen, it's it's seen for what it is, and it's like a, a, it's a huge part of their it's it's like their entire economy. I mean, Austin would be absolutely nothing without it, really. Especially with a festival like yeah. South by, and just with the the songwriters that come out of places like there in Nashville, and the bands, and just the I don't know, just everything, you know. It's um yeah, and it's 100%. good and it's good that it's recognized for what it is and it's celebrated. That's what it is. It's celebrated and by people that aren't even in the same industry, uh, which is definitely something we don't experience here. So that that can that can make be what contributes to it. Some sometimes feeling like a bit of a uphill battle when you're trying to be heard. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I think you've articulated it a lot better than I have by saying it's more celebrated. <laughs> I just mumble a lot more. I just <laughs> cram in a lot more. Not a lot more noise in between words. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the band was recently featured on, uh, you made your US TV debut in, uh, I think it was on a Nashville channel, which is huge, um, mainly because Nashville is literally like they, I think LA and New York obviously are big hubs, but in terms of songwriting and musicianship, Nashville seems mm-hmm. to be like the place where everyone kind of ascends to. Um, how, how did that even kind of come about? I think, I think, I believe that is through our, there's a woman called Fiona, um, based in New York, who's, um, I guess she's our publicist over there. And if that's the right, uh, title, 
someone might correct me on that if not, but um, she's over there kicking goals for us and she's working hard and I think she really believes in what we're doing. And so, yeah, I guess these little things just pop up and um, Sienna, our manager, would just kind of send me an email like, hey, quick, you got to answer this thing for, you know, and it could be email, uh, an interview for like a magazine over there or, uh, or podcast opportunities or whatever else is going on. And I think a lot of it's coming from Fiona over there doing the hard work and, yeah, spreading the, spreading the love, I guess, spreading the word, the gospel, <laughs> getting it out there. So that's good. And it's good that people are, you know, I guess being approached about us and then kind of going, oh, this is cool. We dig this. Let's get this Australian band on, you know, because we are pretty, well, we we're very unknown over there at this point in time. So it's nice. It just makes you feel good that they would take a chance on us and they'd put us on the that morning show on CBS in uh in Nashville, you know, it was pretty cool to see uh, this woman doing her intro, and then and then footage of us at the Gov here as well. Um, it was kind of felt like a real nice hybrid of South Australia and Nashville there. It, yeah, I can imagine it. It's a kind of feeling of that, especially as we've said, COVID kind of dashing and a lot of people's plans, and maybe not disillusioned, but it. I imagine that it can kind of uh, help reinforce what you guys would trying to do and still wanting to do and still planning to do in the future in terms of kind of working that US market. Yeah. When you start with a, with a morning show on CBS and you end with like Jimmy Fallon, that's, that's the plan, right? We go straight for the, <laughs> straight for the jugular. <laughs> See, that's all LA. So those, so I think you're right. Like all the songwriting and a lot of the, a lot of the hits are made in, in Nashville. Uh, but then I think a lot of the promo stuff, a lot of the flashy stuff that goes on, that's all Los Angeles. So it's it's good to have a bit of a bit of a footing in both worlds. Um, exactly. And I, a lot of and the people can be um, people have say mixed things about Los Angeles, just because I, I hear a lot of people say that it's quite um, people are quite fake over there or whatever. But I I I, I, I interpreted it differently. Like people I met over there or really excited about what they were doing and they'd want to tell you all about themselves. But also they were equally uh, intrigued and would want to hear like, what, what, what are you doing here? Like what's going on? And, and like, maybe we could, you know, I mean, maybe it's a lot of it spitballing and it, it might lead to nothing. But I think the idea that anything can happen at any moment is a good fuel for opportunity, you know, like even just, just feeling like not skeptical about every single interaction, which is, more, more of a mindset that I have when I'm uh, here. So I kind of need to have my head in the clouds a little bit for, for stuff to happen. And I feel like that's encouraged over there, which is, which is nice. Because, I mean, if you, if you think literally everything can happen, then perhaps some of the few things that do happen will be pretty, pretty amazing. So uh, that's what I really dug about being over there. It, it is, yes, I would agree with that. I think that Australian... Australia does have like a tendency of the old, what is it called? The tall poppy syndrome. And whereas if you kind of shake that off in the U S if you'd have those possibilities, even, yeah, even thought of, and there's a percentage that do come true. You're, um, well, yeah, not going to happen unless you kind of think about it or plan for it or or do whatever. Um, having said, having said that there's some horror stories for people that have, um, thought that they were about to make it with some huge opportunity and then, you know, never get the, uh, never get the callback or never, you know, like it was all <laughs> kind of just, it was all a bar conversation kind of thing. So I guess there's two sides to that. But um, 
Yeah, I guess that's the difference between LA and Nashville. Is LA is like the anything thing, and Nashville is like the practical. Let's get to work, and and then Austin. But a lot of people have said Austin's like a kind of like Adelaide. In, in like maybe they mean geographically or like the size or whatever, but that you can kind of feel a little bit like you're at, you're at Adelaide if it was a museum's dream version of Adelaide. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't been How there. So I'm interesting. Yeah, please. Once um after South by, please check back in because I'd be very curious to oh, verify know. those claims. I can be yeah. your I can be your Austin correspondent. You can be like, okay, crossing to Dusty now. <laughs> like, well, it's not like Adelaide at all. <laughs> I was wrong. I might Back take you. Up on that number. Yeah. <laughs> the um the sound of the of the band. Uh, is I feel maybe why it has re- uh, resonated so much with the US audience as well is that it does have like a like a tra- uh, not traditional in the sense of like classical but like a traditional kind of pop soul funk sound that's a little bit like not vintagey in terms of you know how when there are like pop bands that do like a vintage sound and I'm doing air quotes for people who can't see what I'm doing. Um, sure, yeah, yeah. And, and it's a little bit schmaltzy and then you've got bands like schmaltzy. yourself or like, uh, or like the I'm t- schmitzing. <laughs> schmitzing. <laughs> I'm, I'm or, um, schmitzing. I'm schmaltzing. Like I'm schmitzing. Yeah. T- yeah. No, I know what you mean. Like the kind of like the, uh, lo-fi kind of muscle shoals kind of sound, um, tapping in. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, where they, where they, you know, everything to tape and really, I mean, I love that stuff too, and um, yeah, a lot, like a lot of double denim and um, cool, like everything, you know, vintage gear and stuff. But yeah, I think I think we've got elements of that, and we did start out that way. Yeah, sorry, continue. No, 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 that, that's where I was kind of going with it. Is that when you guys started out? What was the I guess the original inspiration for the sound of the band and and where you wanted Wanderers to go. Well, it kind of evolved and changed. I mean, in the beginning, it was it was a like a southern. I, I guess we called it kind of southern soul. So it was like real inspired by like the Tedeschi Trucks band. And I, I guess in the beginning, we didn't really know what to do. Our first EP, and I was describing this in an interview the other day, actually, and it was nice to kind of see the cadence of where it's gone. And I feel like on this record, we've actually arrived at, we, we've, you know, all these years later, I feel like we actually know what we sound like now. And this, this record displays what we sound like. And I think it's uniquely us. And I think there's spots along the way where you can almost grab one track from goddamn anything and go, Oh, these guys are like an old country band. You can grab another track from the same EP and go, these guys sound like diorama era silver chair. <laughs> it's kind of, um, it, I guess we, we were trying to find our thing. No, seriously, there's a track. The, the last track on our first EP has this kind of like Eternal Life, Jeff Buckley meets Daniel Johns thing with an acoustic. It's, but I, I actually still love it. It's like a really interesting melodical kind of journey. Um, uh, but anyway, the point is, it's it's a mile away from where we've ended up, and um, and I think that yeah, the, the, the time and I was wearing a fedora most of the time and a lot of uh, like plaid and denim shirts and stuff. And um, I think we were definitely going, I was playing a lot more slide guitar solos and there was like no keyboards. That first record, I think there's one track that has a bit of uh, Wurlitzer on it and that's it. And so we were very much down that path. We would have um, been absolutely following the same kind of routes as bands like Teskey Brothers and 
Um, yeah, it's actually trucks band. I don't know if you know, there's a band called the Brothers Landreth out of um, Canada that were a big inspiration as well at the time. Um, just because also they were playing on playing as a trio or a four piece and um, incredible like slag guitar work and beautiful harmonies and real groovy as well. But I think after, after a while, the songwriting thing kind of started blending more with us just loving to just dig into a groove. And we noticed that like on the second record, there's a few songs which kind of take it away from just, you know, where you can tell I've written a song on my own and taken it to the band and where it went more to like jammier stuff. And I think we just resonated with that more. And, and we noticed that it resonated with the audience more and it just came across better. And, and we just, uh, I just, just, just lent into that harder. And as different versions of the band expanded for the live show, you know, eventually we have, I think we had uh, one keyboard player, Logan, He's playing his whirly or organ the whole time. And then he couldn't do some gigs. So we got Jack Strempel in to play with us in Melbourne. And then, and then one time I was like, why don't we have, you know, Pekel and Sauce? Let's have, let's have both, both at once. And so then we got two <laughs> keyboardists and then it was like, well, you, you need to do the, uh, the whirly and the, and the Juno, and then you need to do the organ and the prophet. And so we got four, they got four keyboards going and suddenly we're like, we've got all these, keyboard sounds were just like loving and I was getting massively into the talking heads and the stop making sense live concert was really inspiring to me. And then I was like, I want to make a song like that. And then we did a song, um, what about it? Uh, which is, we really sunk it off my back, which is us first really channeling that sound. And then what about, uh, sorry, what I do came after that. And that was really that talking heads kind of inspired thing. I mean, no one else would hear it that way, but I do. And, um, I don't know. It just kind of like, you know, we had a member change and, and one of the, the original uh, founding member that we made the band with, uh, yeah, we, we departed ways and that kind of paved way for this kind of new approach as well. And it just kind of evolved along the way. I mean, we, yeah, we don't sound at all like we did at the beginning, you know, and I guess that's how it is. But you look, you look across, you look across any, um, I think that's how it should be. Any band, they shouldn't sound, but by the time they get to their third record, they shouldn't sound like they did on their first. Um, you want to hear an evolution. And I think that's what we've done. A couple of times I want to change the name. Oh, we did actually change the name. <laughs> Wasted Wanderers to Wanderers. But even thinking like, oh, maybe this song shouldn't, shouldn't actually be with this band. Maybe I need to create another project just for this sound. And I'm glad I never did because that's the sound that we've ended up falling into. And I think because we did it that way, it kind of means there's no restrictions on anything we want to do. And I feel like anywhere we want to go or any uh, evolution we want to make or anything we want to try, I feel like we can be pretty bold. Like we are not um, uh, trapped with any particular paradigms uh, in terms of our sound, I don't think. So we can kind of go anywhere, you know, even if the sound we're doing at the moment, we get sick of it, we can do a grunge album next. I don't know. We'll see, <laughs> we'll see how we go. But I think we'll, pro I think we'll probably, uh, with where we're at, we might might stick with it and refine it for a little while because I think it's um I feel like we're sounding really us now which uh, makes me feel good because it's a it's a long search as an artist and a, and a writer to to arrive at something that you know is identifiably and uniquely you so it's a good feeling 100% even using um uh like you mentioned before silver chair and diorama like look at those first three or four silver chip silver chair records and they're all vastly different oh the first few oh, it's just kind of similar but you know there's evolution there definitely well, you can yeah you can see where it's going i mean from frog stump through freak and then freak show kind of adds these slightly more melodic and intense elements what was next neon ballroom and then 
or was it diorama? I don't know, but anyway, just where it ended up was just awesome. And it's just, I mean, it is, yeah. Anyway, I was, I was listening to the Daniel Johnson podcast. If you haven't, it's, uh, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I got so into it, man. But I love that. I really respect him. Uh, you know, that, and that kind of re- reaffirmed how I was feeling too, listening to him talk about his process. I'm not saying that I'm any, anything close to Daniel Johns, but it's good. It's freeing to know that, you know, at one point he was the, he was the little kid from Frog Stomp and then he became what he did because he stuck to his guns and people encouraged his evolution and, and there was no pessimist in the room except for him. <laughs> I think he was like, it sounded like he was happy. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, 100%. Um, Dusty, usually we would ask our guests uh, what they're currently listening to. Is there any album or EP or track uh, that's kind of taking your fancy at the moment? Well, like most of the world, I've been pretty blown blown away by that Silk Sonic record. It's um, it's pretty amazing. The yeah. music there, like the, the arranging and the sounds that they're pulling. I mean, it's absolutely just ridiculous. I remember when, uh, you know, because Bruno Mars, I guess, is, as an artist is a, a bit, perpl- not perplexing, but um, I can't think of the word right now, polarizing because, you know, definitely um, definitely in the in the pop realm. But, you know, if you listen to that 24 Karat Magic song with headphones on, you're just like, this is like Quincy Jones level shit. Like, it's amazing. <laughs> um, and so I guess him and Anderson, pa- and Anderson Pack, you know, from the, he's just slick as and we've been listening to him for a long time so i guess it's that blend so they kind of complement each other in this way that uh you know it's a record full of hits that are like brilliant brilliant arrangements brilliant writing and even though they're taking the piss a little bit sometimes lyrically uh it who gives a shit it's so good it's, it's really good <laughs> so that's like probably like the i don't know that's yeah that's that listening to that record kind of makes me want to quit because I just don't, I just don't, I'm not sure, you know, it's too much soul, too much groove. It's, it's bloody unreal. So I guess that one, um, what else? I'm trying to think of anything new that I've been, um, yeah, I, don't know, I can't really think of anything right now, but there's lots of good stuff out. There's lots of good stuff coming out. Parcels, parcels are great. You know, I think, I think I do gravitate my ears towards people that are kind of, people that are, you know, two to perhaps two, one or two degrees away from what we're doing, just because, um, I don't want to, um, uh, it's not, I'm trying to be narrow with my listening. Cause then I'll still go, uh, go back and put on Soundgarden records and I'll still get nostalgic about the stuff that I, the other stuff that I love too. But I guess in, in terms of hearing new stuff, I like to kind of hear which different, um, directions or which I know the, the pivots that other people are taking from our kind of style. I mean, not, not that we're inspiring it, but I mean, like, yeah, perhaps they're inspired by the a similar sort of bands to what we are, or doing a similar sound, but taking it, you know, it's nice to see which directions other people take the same core values in, I guess. And so I feel like oh, 100%. You know, Parcels kind of take it in that more disco kind of direction. And um, yeah, Silk, Silk's, oh, I can't even be comparing us to that, but you know, it's, it's keyboard, it's, it's chord progressions that are, you know, that I hear and go, Oh, you know, I wish I thought of that one. And, um, these melody styles that I really admire. So it's cool to hear how other people do that kind of thing. Cause it, I think it's, it's kind of what, 100%. what we're trying to do as well. Yeah. I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's like scoping out the competition, but it, it is, as yeah. you said, it might be that at some point yourself parcels, 
Anderson, Bruno even have listened to some of the same records from the past and then taken that inspiration and done different things with it, but it's still come from that same original. Oh, you know what's really what's really cool? There's this record um I made uh called Cool Uncle. Hold on, two seconds. Which is uh what artist is that? Bobby Caldwell. So he's like this guy. He had he had a maybe a hit or two back in the late seventies. Uh, but known as this like real um I guess uh, you know, white dude, but with that soulful voice where, you know, a lot of people kind of listen with eyes closed going, who the hell is this? <laughs> um, but yeah, so now he's like in his seventies or whatever. And I think him and the, the, this producer, Jack Splash, who does a lot of, uh, Kendrick Lamar through Alicia Keys and a bunch of other, just, uh, this guy's just everywhere. And I don't know, I feel like I heard that there was an exchange on in Facebook messenger or something. And these guys end up making an album together. This like real obscure guy from the, from the seventies, Made the, made a record with Jack Splash and they had like CeeLo Green and um, Maya Hawthorne and and a, and a few other people and and if you, after this go listen to the song Game Over by Bobby Caldwell and the production and the just everything like it's unreal because you're hearing this guy who's in his seventies he hasn't you know he's he's I guess his last bunch of records have been that like you know doing jazz standards kind of thing and um you know where 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 that where rod stewart ended up and all these other people they kind of get to that point where they're like all right well let's make music for the for the 60 year olds now but then him and jack splash have gotten together and made this like incredible record that's like resonating with the sounds of what he would have been making in the late 70s um sonically and and then also like arrangement wise and harmony wise and all that sort of thing but then it's like jack splash and you can hear little elements of it that these little delay things that I hear on like Kendrick Lamar records. And um, it's just like a real interesting blend and it's just production 101. It's freaking insane. So my dream is to have an album that sounds that good. <laughs> so maybe I'll have to work with Jack Splash one day. I was going to say, I'm sure that that is on the cards, the way that the trajectory of the band is going, that is not anything can happen. Reach, anything can happen. <laughs> exactly. We'll see exactly. how we go. <laughs> Dusty, um, thank you very much. Yeah. Oh no. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's uh, it's been a good chat. Thanks for thanks for waking me up. <laughs> All good. Uh, congratulations again on the EP. Yeah. Thank you very much. And that's our show. A massive thank you to Dusty Lee from Wanderers for his time. Their self-titled EP is out now and we've left links in the show notes if you'd like to stream the EP or buy tickets to their show. We also want to give a huge shout out to Sean at Big Oak Records for helping out with today's interview. If you like this show, please subscribe wherever you get your pods and stay up to date when new episodes are released. We release new shows each Wednesday and Friday morning and we now have a Patreon, which you can find within the show notes of this episode. You can follow the playlist profile on Spotify and you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok. Until next week, cheers. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.